We give you praise. Lift up your hands wherever you are. Lift up your hands wherever you are. Just begin to pray in the spirit. Lift up your hands. Begin to pray in other tongues right now. Just begin to speak in other tongues. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, everybody. Labo Shakalabanda. Lebelebe kam no la bronze dele la bra katoan de la beya. Bam de la bebe kapala baba shandalabaya. Imaham de la baba rapa shandalaba. Ekabala baba shege de la be. Imam de la bebe. Let it not prevail. Let it not prevail. Every arrow against the church, 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Isn't Jesus said that sacrifice and offerings you have not desired? Isn't in living your life, one of the things that you need to understand is that God is not really so much interested in our sacrifices and our offerings. It's no, we cannot give God. We cannot build God. We cannot enrich God. He is the owner of everything. The gold, the silver, the castle upon a thousand hills, they all belong to him. So what can you give God that will be enough? What house can you build God that will be big enough? So he's not that much interested in our sacrifices and offerings. But Jesus said, but a body have you given me. He said, I have come to do your will, O God. He said, as it is written in the book concerning me, so have I come. He said, lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me. I have come to do your will. I have come to do your will. So it is about the will of God. Look at that. He said, I delight to do thy will, oh my God. Yes, the law is within my heart. So when you are praying like this and you are fasting like this, what you want is that the word of God, the will of God, what God has planned and purpose for your life will align in your heart. So that you begin to walk in sync. You will begin to walk in alignment with what God has called you to. If there are any mistakes, that God will correct them. Within this fasting and prayer, enemies in your life, may you receive divine correction. Amen. I said, may you receive divine correction. Amen. I said, may you receive divine correction. Amen. If you have, you, have, you, have, you have, some things have gone wrong in your life, some things have gone wrong in this church, may the message of God locate us Amen. and bring us divine correction Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Just thank Him tonight. Oh, just give Him praise. Tell the Lord to speak to you. Oh, in the mighty name of Jesus. Say, Father, tonight I declare my heart is open, my mind is ready to receive with humility the word of God that will align me with your will and your purpose. Tonight I'll be empowered with wisdom to fulfill your mandate concerning my life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Somebody shout a big amen. Give a clap of praise to the Lord. Can you take your seat in the presence of the Lord? You know, one of the most important benefits of fasting and prayer is that it makes you sensitive to the voice of God. The Bible, I told you on Sunday that when we are fasting, the Bible calls it afflicting the flesh. Afflicting the flesh or afflicting the soul or humbling the soul or humbling the flesh. So that the spirit would dominate. So that the spirit will become attentive and sensitive to the will of God. Jesus was fasting and praying. That is why the word of God came so strong in his mouth and was able to overpower the devil. Whenever you are fasting and praying, the will of God, the mind of God, the purpose of God becomes apparent to you. So I, 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 was, I was in my office, and uh, no, not in my office, earlier in the day, as I was just meditating on the Lord tonight, uh, what I wanted to share with you, I'll have to share it tomorrow. <clears throat> If God makes, I think let me add that now. And the Lord laid something on my heart to share with you tonight. Glory to Jesus Christ. How many of us want to do the will of God? How many of us want to do the will of God? <laughs> amen and amen. And how many of us want to do the will of God? If you want to do the will of God, lift up your right hand and wave it to the Lord. Wave it to the Lord. Look. It is of vital importance. If you don't do the will of God, you have wasted your life. If you don't do the will of God, you have wasted your breath. Because at the end of the day, the Bible says that every man shall be brought to account for what was done in his body. Whether it be good or it be bad. And the only thing that shall prevail is the will of God. Even Jesus said, a body you have given me, but you are not interested in sacrifice. He said, I have come to do thy will of God. What is written in the volumes of the book concerning me, that is the reason I have come unto this earth. Jesus said, his meat is to do the will of the Father, to do the will of he that sent him, and to finish it. One of the most important reasons of fasting and praying is not, like I told you, for our material needs. 
It's not because we are looking for a Bugatti. It is not because we are looking for a land. It should not be because we are looking for some uh, natural promotion. The greatest, one of the greatest reasons and most important reasons we engage in fasting is for the will of God to be done in our lives. It's for the will of God to be done in our eyes. Lift up your right hand. Say, Father, I want to hear your voice. Say, Father, let your will be done in my life. Look, if the will of God is not settled in your life, you are going to, you may not even end up going to heaven. And even if you make it to heaven, you are not going to enjoy like the way others will be enjoying. You will suffer loss. You will suffer loss. Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, he fasted and he prayed. He fasted and he prayed. Why? Because he wanted to be aligned with the will of God concerning his life. Luke chapter number 4 verse 1 and 2. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost after he had returned from Jordan, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. He did eat nothing. And when he had ended, afterward he was hungered or he was hungry. Meaning the man had been fasting and praying for 40 days, 40 nights. 40 days, 40 nights. And it was at the beginning of his ministry. It was after this that in the verse number 14, the Bible said Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit unto Galilee. And his fame spread abroad. His fame spread abroad. In the verse number 15, the Bible tells us uh, that Jesus, uh, he went into the synagogue uh, to be glorified. He was, he went to teach in the synagogue and to be glorified. Look at the verse number 16, verse number 17, verse number 18. The Bible says, I came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up for to read. What did he read? The verse number 17. The Bible said, and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. What was written? And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. Look, he has anointed. Jesus was 30 years old. Or the Bible says about 30 years old now. And for 30 years, he had not yet discovered that he was sent to preach. It was after fasting and praying. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and to re- and, uh, and receiving of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty that them that are bruised or crushed. Verse number 19 tells us that he has been sent to preach the favorable year, the year of the Lord's acceptance. Look at what it says in the verse number 20. The Bible says, and he closed the book. Oh, Jesus knows how to do drama. He knows how to do things in style. I, I, I just imagine him opening, holding the book. And when he had finished reading, he closed it loudly. So that he would get the attention of anybody who is sleeping in the church. And he said, and when he closed the book, he gave it again to the minister. I can imagine the confusion of the, of the pastor in that church. You, I have asked you to come and read. Now, I'm not asking you to return the book. You say, Pastor J. Why did he close the book? Because he was telling them that he had been looking for something and now the thing has been found. The Bible said, and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue, they were fasting on him. Verse 21. And the Bible said, he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in what? Your ears. What was he saying? Now, I am fulfilling or I'm going to fulfill or I have discovered the will of God from alive. The reason why I was born, the prophecy for which God released me into this world. Listen, anybody who is sent into this world, there's a prophetic word that God has called you to come and accomplish. There's a mind of God. Jeremiah 29, 11. He said that for I know the thoughts that I think concerning you. They are thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a hope and a future to bring you to an expected end, to bring you to a place Oh, of divine preparation to bring you into a place of divine settlement to cause you to fulfill what I have purposed. But 
at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he needed to know exactly why he had been sent. And it was fasting and prayer. In Acts chapter 9, you read from the verse number 1 to the verse number 9. Paul, after that time, was called Saul. He was going to uh, Damascus with a letter to go and cut and to imprison the, uh, the Jews. Oh, after certain threatenings and slaughterings, the Bible says in the verse number 3, the as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. The Bible says, and he fell to the earth and he heard a voice saying unto him, So, so, why persecuted thou me? So, so, why troubling me? He said, Who art thou, Lord? For the first time, the man knew that the voice that was speaking to him was not a voice of an ordinary man, but it was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. May you encounter the Lord of Lords. The Bible says, And the the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Look, Jesus is Lord. That was a point of salvation for Paul. The Bible said, he, God, Jesus said, it is hard for thee to kick against the prince. Look at what he says in the verse number 6. And he trembling and astonished, he said, Lord, what will you have me to do? Look at that. So after he encountered Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, what did he desire to do? To do the will of God. What will you have me do? What will you have me do? I read a book I, 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 I written, I, I forget the name, but somewhere when I was 18, 19 years, and that book opened my life. And the book was basically about what will you have me do, Lord? What will you have me do, Lord? By the time I finish reading the book, all my prayers that what will you have me do, Lord? What is your will for my life? What do you want me to do? It was within that time that the Lord spoke to me and told me that I have anointed you and I have set you aside to do the work of the ministry. It became so strong in my spirit. When Paul encountered it, he said, what will you have me do? What are you, what is your will and purpose on my life? The Bible said God told him that, hey, go into the city and then it will be told you what you are supposed to do. The Bible said, and Saul rose from the earth and when his eyes were open, in other words, he tried opening his eyes, he could not see any man. He had become blind and they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Look at the verse number nine. When Paul encountered God and he wanted to know what was the will of God for his life. What did he do? And he was three days without sight, and neither did he was come and read it together, eat nor drink. What was that? Fasting. Why? He wanted to know the will of God. He wanted to know the will of God. Why am I in this earth? How many of us want to know the will of God for our lives? The glory of Paul was after he started fulfilling the will of God. The glory of Jesus was after he started fulfilling the will of God. That is why the Bible and his fame spread abroad. If you want to see the glory of God, you must begin to align yourself to the will of God. Jesus said, oh, if it be possible, let this cup shift from me. Take this cup away from me. But not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. We need to align ourselves with the will of God. Romans chapter 12, the verse number 2. He said with all emphasis that we should not be conformed to this world. We should not be aligned to this world. We should not be like this world. But we should what? Be transformed. We should be changed. We should be metamorphosed by what? The renewing of our mind so that we may prove what is that good, that acceptable, and that perfect will of God. There is a will of God. There is a will of God. There is a will of God. Listen to me, everybody. It does not matter how holy or how unrighteous you may think you are. There is a will of God for your life. You are not a mistake. What did I say? You are not a mistake. Somebody shout, I am not a mistake. There is an assignment for you. Your life only begins when you begin to fulfill that assignment. And that assignment is what is known as the will of God. The will of God. What then is the will of God? Can I tell you? What then is the will of God for all of us? What then is the will of God for your life and for my life? It is what? Jesus came to do what the Father sent him for. The reason for which Jesus came into the world, that is the will of God. 
That is what is on the heart of God. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world. He loved the world which is full of sinners. Full of unrighteous people. Mockers and scorners. And he said that they that believe in Jesus. Oh, his only begotten son. Should not perish. But should have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world. To condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. The world through him might be saved. That says instead that he that believed on Jesus is not condemned. But he that believed not is condemned already. Those that don't believe in Jesus Christ, whether you love them or you hate them, they are condemned already. And those who believe in Jesus, whether you love them or you hate them, he says that they are saved already. They are saved already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. That's number 19. He said, and this is the condemnation that the light came into this world. Who is the light? Jesus is the light. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Because their deeds were evil. Jesus came into this world to bring salvation. Salvation is the will of God. This evening what I'm sharing with you is by the subject fulfilling the will of God. Through soul winning and spreading the message of salvation. Fulfilling the will of God through soul winning and spreading the message of salvation. Look, if you are somebody who spreads the message of salvation, God loves you. God wants you. God is unwilling to do without you. Oh, holiness is good. Oh, being a giver is good. Oh, doing, working in the house of God is good. Oh, coming to church is good. But when you are a soul winner, you are on the hand of God. Why? Because you are doing what he sent his only begotten son. When I tell you that this is my only begotten son, I'm telling you that this is my heart. This is my heart. He said that he sent his only begotten son, that through him the world will not be condemned, but rather will be saved. He sent him to bring salvation and his will for our lives. Can I tell you? His will for our lives is not for us to just become some big time business tycoon. His will for our lives is not just as for us to become husband material or wife material. His will for our lives is not just for us own a car and a, uh, a house or a Lamborghini or whatever you may call it. His real ultimate will for our lives is that we will be so winners. Is that we will be so winners. Is that we will be so winners. If you are not a soul winner, forget it. I, 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 I said if you are not a soul winner, forget it. That is why the devil hates soul winners. The devil hates soul winners because soul winners are depopulating hell. Soul winners are snatching men from fire. The Bible said that Satan knows that his time is short. So he's trying to bring as many people as he can with him to enter into eternal condemnation. When you are a soul winner, whether you pray the fire on the devil or not, you are in direct opposition to Satan. You are fighting the works of Satan. You are, you are, you are coming against you are in warfare with Satan and Satan does not like you but you know what it doesn't matter because heaven celebrates you I said heaven celebrates you the Bible says that even for one sinner to be saved heaven rejoices there is a party that is thrown in heaven there's a party that is thrown in heaven there is a celebration in heaven God wants people who have a heart for souls Listen, if you are a child of God, you are asking yourself that, Lord, what is your will for my life? I am here to tell you what the will of God for your life is, to be a soul winner and to spread or promote the message of salvation. You must be a, mess, a salvation promoter, a gospel promoter. You are not supposed to be the, uh, the, the, music, uh, the, the, the promoter of a musician, a worldly musician. Oh, somebody comes and says, I am in Pungaya, and then you live in Pangaya. And then you see people putting it on their statuses, spreading, promoting promiscuity, promoting evil, promoting drunkenness, promoting living a wild and a vile life. But when it comes to promoting with a real will for their life, they cannot put Jesus on their status. You are out of the will of God. 
You are out of the will of God. God wants us to be gospel promoters. Lift up your right hand. Say, Father, make me a gospel promoter. Look, we have, we have deviated in many things. Many of us have become too emphatic on money. We have become too emphatic on making some money, getting some money, money, no coffee for the boys, getting some nice clothes, making a name for ourselves. We have, our focus has shifted. Our focus has shifted. We are now looking for what to please us. Paul said, not all men seek his things. Not all men seek the things of Jesus. Listen, if some of us in the church, we have now, we are now looking for Jesus to do our own things and we have not a desire to ask him like Paul asked him Lord what do you want me to do what do you want me to do what do you want me to do look I prayed to the Lord before coming and I said Lord will you help me to raise soul winners tonight will you help me to raise soul winners tonight will you help me to turn the heart of somebody to begin to align with what is your will what is your purpose what is your mandate he came to save the souls of men from eternal damnation because if you don't preach the gospel to men they are going straight to hell and they are going to die jesus said that there are two gates and there are two ways. He said there's a narrow gate and a narrow way. And there's a broad gate and a broad way. He said that many are there. Many are there. Many are there that find a broad way. We lead that to damnation. We lead that to condemnation. We lead to destruction. But few are there that find a narrow way. Because the narrow way is not so obvious. That is why they need somebody to point it to them. They need somebody to point it to them. Now, oh, I pray that somebody's heart will, will be touched by what I am sharing. Many of us are looking for the approval of our friends. Approval of our work colleagues. Approval of our classmates. Approval of those who are around us. To the point that we compromise on the gospel. I'm not saying that you're a perfect person, but when it comes to the gospel, don't compromise. Don't compromise. Listen, forget about the approval of men. Forget about the approval of men. Forget about men holding you in high estate or high esteem. Forget about men applauding you. Paul said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. This man was a celebrated Pharisee. A celebrated lawyer, a celebrated teacher of the law, a celebrated tent maker, and he was celebrated in all things. He said, in the ways of the law, perfect. I was the one that they used as an example to the, the new students that are coming. Now look at me. I am hated by them to the point that they even want to kill me. He said, I considered all these things by dung. I considered them like feces. I considered them like SH something. I considered everything that men held me for. I considered every name that I ever made. I considered every award. I can just imagine Paul's trophy room. Oh, best in this. Best in persecution. Best in the law. Best in uh, uh, the titan. Best in all those things. And then I, he, I had one encounter with Jesus and said, I want to know your will. And when he discovered the will, he said, all of these things are trash. All of these things are trash. All of these things are trash. Trash, trash, trash. What are your treasures? What are your treasures? What are your treasures? What are your treasures? Are your treasures souls? Or your treasures are physical earthly things that will pass away? That will pass away. That will pass away. That will pass away. That will pass away. Listen, if tonight I can just convince one person that I ah, begin to shift the way you do your things. Begin to shift the way you think. Begin to align yourself with what is the will and the word of God. If I can get even one person to be convinced that ah, I will not live unto myself, but I want to live unto the Lord. If I can convince even one person, I will consider myself the greatest success tonight. I'll consider myself the greatest success tonight. 
We have fasting prayer, prophetic meetings, and you see that the church is full of people who are coming with their prayer topics to pray about their own specific needs uh, that are going to help them in the flesh. And even those who say that, I want to know the will of God, you, 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 you interrogate them, they don't really mean it. But the will of God is what is on the heart of God. And that's what he's saying Jesus Christ to come and do. That is the will of God. Why must we be soul winners? Why must we promote the gospel? Why must we spread the message of salvation that Jesus has come to save the Lord? Number one, it is the will of God. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. He said, for it is good. He said, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who will have all men to be saved. Listen to me. That family member that you don't like, God says that he won that person to be saved. That boss that he had, God says that he won that person to be saved. It is the will of God that all men be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is the entire duty of our existence. That is why when we got born again, God did not just take us out of the world because we are his children. He kept us in this world. If he kept us in this world, there's a reason for that. And to God that he should circumcise your heart. Our hearts have been filled with too many things. Our hearts have been filled with too many things, too many sins, too many worldly desires. The Bible says, uh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, these are of the world. He says that he that loveth these things, the love of the Father is not in him. Our hearts have been filled with too many things. Some of our hearts have been filled with girls. Some of our hearts have been filled with boys. Some of us have been, our hearts have been filled with the promises of men. Some of us have, been, have become ambitious of worldly desires. I am not saying that these are not good, but I'm telling you that if you seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, these things that you are chasing after, they will start chasing you. They will start chasing you. Number one, it is the will of God. John chapter 4 verse 31 to 36. After Jesus has spoken to the Samaritan woman. You read from the verse number 15. And he had spoken to her. And she had gone. She was so touched by the message of Jesus. That she went into her city to go and call everybody. That come and see. Come and see the Messiah. How many of us since we got born again. We have told somebody that come and see. How many of us since we heard about Jesus Christ. And he forgave us our sins. We have told somebody to come and see. This woman who was a prostitute. You have never been a prostitute before. Even the prostitute. God could use them. How much more are you? She said come and see. A man who told me all about me. He is the Messiah. He is the one that we have been waiting for. He is the Savior of the world. Oh, Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The Savior of the world. When you tell somebody to come to church, when you tell somebody to be saved, what you are telling them is to come and see the one who can save them. But we are interested in very powerful messages and yet very little results. We are interested in everything. And we must fulfill and fulfill every, every righteousness except that one righteousness that heaven is promoting. I pray that somebody, your heart will not be hardened tonight. It was the ones who are making excuses and saying that, oh, I am okay, I'm doing well. You are the ones that God is telling that, no, you have to do more. You are telling yourself that your excuse is a good enough excuse. You are the one that God is telling you. You have lost the way. You have lost the way. Come and see. Have you brought the whole city to the Lord yet? But this prostitute brought the whole city to the Lord. And we go and stand on that day of judgment. And they bring the Samaritan woman with all her prostitution. And they bring you. With all your holiness and righteousness, will you wait a sin? One who could, who did not just bring herself, but she brought the entire city. Do you know what I mean? Amanda, all her five husbands. And the sixth one, he also came. Come and see. Come and see. 
And so, before this will happen, Jesus will send his disciples to go and get him food because he was hungry. The Bible says that in verse 31, when his disciples came, saying, The master eats, he said unto them, I have eaten already. Hallelujah. He said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. The Bible says that the disciples said to one another, Has somebody brought him food to eat? Jesus answered, he said, My meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What is your meat? He said, this is my meat. This is my satisfaction. What is your satisfaction? What do you feel happy about? When you finish doing, you are so happy. Is it after you have gotten some money and then you are smiling ear to ear? Is it you have the biggest testimony? You have the biggest testimony. God gave me this. God gave me this. It is good. But nothing should fill your heart with satisfaction than to do the will of him that sent you. And not only to start it, to finish it. I sometimes see couples who have just freshly married. Young ladies say, come and see. Oh, come and see. Come and see what the Lord has done. Come and see what the Lord has done. Come and see what the... Because they have just got a ring and a man's promise. Which ring can go missing and a man's promise can be broken. But they celebrate it. But what will give them eternal treasures is left unattended. Can I tell you something? Anything that God can give you in this earth can be lost. Even if it is God that gave it to you. Nothing which is a blessed thing in this world lasts forever. Now some of us, God will give us a graduation in the first class and before we realize the devil has taken our life and we are dead. What became of the first class? What became of the first class? What became of the first class? Paul was a first class person. He had said, I considered it by dung. I considered it by dung. Shit. What happens to beings when they are going into your body? I considered that what is dung, something that smells. Something that has no value. I consider all of those things by dung. What are you promoting? What is your life promoting? At the workplace, what do they know you for? I'm a fashionista. Oh, I'm a fashionista. They know me. Oh, and they hey, truth to fashionista. Hey, that's what you are known for. That's what you are known for. Listen to me. The biggest thing that we should be known for is that we are telling people that Jesus loves you. Come to church. Jesus wants to save you. That is what we should be known for. And yet as I'm preaching, some people would think that this message is a boring message. Let me sleep. Let me sleep. Let me sleep. What kind of message is this? I have come for my deliverance. I have come for my miracle. And you are telling me, listen to me. There, is, there are rewards that you get from soul winning that are beyond anything I can ever imagine. It is the will of God. He said, my, my meat, my food, my satisfaction is to do the will of he that sent me. And to finish it. And to finish it. He said, say not ye that there are four months and then come in the harvest. Behold, I said you, lift up your eyes. Oh. He's telling us all. He said, lift up your eyes. You have become too lazy. Lift up your eyes. There's a harvest coming. Lift up your eyes. Can't you see? Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. The fields are ripe. The fields are ripe. The fields are ripe and ready to be harvested. Ready to be harvested. Ready to be harvested. This is the will of God. He that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto eternal life. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Look, 
Why should we be so witness number two? Sinners will die and go to hell if we do not preach. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 18. Then I said unto the wicked, Thou shalt surely die. Oh, when I say to the wicked, Thou shalt surely die. And you give him not warning, nor speak to him to warn the wicked from the wicked way to save his life. That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. Sinners will die and go to hell if you don't preach the gospel. Romans chapter 10 verse 14. How then shall they call on him of whom they have not heard, of, the, of whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? Now shall they hear without a preacher? How beautiful on the feet are the, on the mountains are the feet of them that bring glad tidings. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach on, except they are sent? But you see the problem? We have been sent, but we are not going. We have been sent, but we are not going. We have been sent, but we are not going. The strength of a church is not in its sitting capacity, but it's in its going capacity. It's in its going capacity. How many of us are on the field for the Lord? When we call for Saturday soul winning, occasional soul winning, how many of us get excited and go? How many of us get involved? That tells us that our strength on the going capacity. How many of us are going? How many of us are going? Number three, if we do not preach the gospel, we will not be cleared of blood guilt. Everybody of our, every one of us, listen to me, there's blood on our heads. I said there's blood on our heads. There's blood on our hands. Look at your hands, everybody. Look at your hands. David could not be allowed to build the house of God because God said that there's blood on your hands. He was not allowed to build the temple of God because he said that your hands are covered in blood. Your hands are covered in blood, meaning you are a guilty man. You killed an innocent man. You are a guilty man, so blood is on your hands. Blood is on your hands. Blood is on your hands. And he said that when I tell you to warn the wicked man, and you do not tell him, he will die in his iniquity. But his blood shall be upon your head. His blood shall be upon your head. His blood shall be upon your head. I didn't kill him. I didn't tell him to do all the evil things. Still God says, I don't care. It's because I gave you the opportunity and the power to help him. You didn't help him. Shall be upon your head. Lord, be myself. I am not perfect. I didn't ask you to be perfect. I just said, go and warn him. I have set you as watchmen. Verse number nine. Oh, Israel. I have set you as a watchman. I have set you as a watchman. I have set you as a watchman. We are guilty of the death of people if you don't preach the gospel to them. That's why Jesus sends us in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, or go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded thee. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Why will God commit his abiding presence with us when it has to do with soul winning? It is what is on his heart. You want to touch the heart of God. Be a soul winner. That is what he's interested in. He said that is what gives wisdom to us. Divine wisdom. The wisdom from which we can get our prosperity, our riches, our excellence is in soul winning. So soul winning receives divine supernatural wisdom. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30. The fruit of the just is the tree of life. He that winners souls twice. That winner's souls is wise. Listen, if you don't want to be guilty of the blood of people, Paul said as first Corinthians 9 16, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is me. Do you know what woe means? I'm cursed. I'm cursed if I preach not the gospel. Forgive me if we don't pray tonight, but I have come as a herald. As a message bearer, that God is calling us to come back to soul winning. 
Come back to soul winning. Come back to soul winning. Why are we building the church? Why are we investing in all these machines? Why are we putting all these lights? Why are we renovating things? It is because souls must come to the Lord. Don't be happy coming to a church with nice lights, nice carpets, nice speakers, nice stage, nice everything. If there are no souls in the church. If there are no souls in the church, how many people are coming to church because of you? How many people are turning to the Lord because of our investment? And yet we have all the excuses. All the excuses. We come and we hear very lovely songs. Omi mami, omi komi, I get back, you know. I don't know what you are doing at the commissioner's place, but you are singing and enjoying it. Obi mami mami komi. I get back, you know. Come on, give it to me. Oh, I know they walk alone because they have been chained themselves with you. Obi mami omi komi. Come on, play the drums for me. Mami, mami, come here. Ababa, baby, really. I get back, you know. Oh, oh, oh. I know they walk alone. But when come must go with each other. And what we call the Father, what we call the Son. We can come and enjoy wonderful preaching. Beautiful songs. But how many people are in the house of God? How many go on their way to heaven because of us? Listen to me. When they die, our family members, our neighbors, our classmates, our friends, our trot from it. Oh, yes. Some of us have trot from it. There are some people every day you see in the trot or you see them. You know they say, ah, we are bust of this. We are, we are lighter. They say, we know each other. Don't do like me. I've, I've sat in Toronto before. I had my partners. Hey, and then when you are. Maybe you may go station. We know. Early morning, you are always at the bus stop. So hear that. I said, now, as a driver, someone must be home. Obi, my mommy, come here. God wants us to be so winners. God wants us to be so winners. Listen. Divine wisdom comes to those winning souls. Proverbs 30 verse 20. You see, if you have friends who are not so winners even in church, change your friends. Change your friends. Because other, if he that winners souls is what? He that has no win souls is what? He that wins souls is what? He that has no win souls is what? It's unwise. I didn't say foolish. You are the one saying it. So don't work with the unwise ones. How are you? I'll form maybe we'll form a three gang, three member gang. And every time we come and say, Charlie, today who did you come with? Today who did you? And you'll be challenging yourself. This month I was able to do three. You. You see, so you be challenging yourself. You see, such people you grow together and go listen to me. My all the people that I started winning souls with, every one of them, they are doing well in life now. Every one of them. Every one of them. They also have hope. At first we were seen as the ones who were useless in the church. We didn't have anything to do, so we are always in the area, going from door to door, house to house, telling people that come to Jesus. So, one day when we met to evaluate, we said, "Oh, Charlie, I have to go back home because when I entered out, the poor Lord told me that I should get out of here." That's what told me. Today he's a big man in a big institution in the Kota region, chopping all your money. God will never forget a soul winner. As a God will never forget a soul winner. As a God will never forget a soul winner. Divine wisdom. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. They that be wise. They shall shine like the brightness of the feminine. 
and they that turn many to the righteous to righteousness are stars forever. Why should we be so willing? Last reason. Last reason. Because we enjoy wonder double benefits. There is nothing that pays better than being so winner. John chapter 4 verse 30 says, He that reapers, a reaper is somebody who gathers into the a storehouse, who harvests. He that reapers, received wages. You see, payment. Anybody, listen, if you want to be on the payroll of God, be a soul winner. If you want to be on the payroll of God, be a soul winner. Soul winners, forget about the ill. Some people, I come to church, the girlfriends, and the pastor takes away. You are joking. You see, if you want to enjoy blessings, don't be looking at somebody, a human being paying you. God can pay you. I said, 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 God can take care of you. Listen, I know what I am talking about. I am a living, breathing example that God can take of a person. Somebody may think that oh, we are living on church money. What? How much is church money? Do you know how much offering do you give? Multiply by the number of people seated over here. And look at even your house. How much you pay for electricity? How much you pay for water? And so if you think that, oh, somebody's side, how much do people get? How much side can they give? Let's say somebody receives 10,000 Ghana cities. How much is the side? 1,000. How many people receive 10,000 Ghana cities? Most people receive less than 2,000 Ghana cities. And even that, some who receive less than 1,000 Ghana cities a month. I don't know whether you are getting the calculation I'm trying to bring to your understanding. But when you look at me, do I look like I'm hungry? I've been fasting too. Do I look like I'm in need? Because when I started focusing, I, I was very afraid. I'm telling you the truth. When the Lord said that, go and focus on the ministry. I was very scared. I was like, how am I going to survive? I'm a hard worker. People think that I'm a lazy man. That's why I like to work hard. I said that either you go with your own wisdom or you go with what I'm telling you. And God has not disappointed me. I said, God has not disappointed me. I said, God, my God has not disappointed me. Listen, it came to a point in time. Even many of those who used to bless me, they stopped blessing me. In fact, even many people in this church, not many people in this church, under me, sowing a seed. You know, Papa, this is a seed to you. I want to, I want to, I want to be a blessing to you. I want, to, I want to be somebody who helps to bring your I want to help you to be refreshed. Not many. You know what God did? I never stopped preaching. Have you ever met me and then I said, I know, I'm relaxing on preaching. I'll never go leave on leave on preaching. I'll never go on leave. I said, I'll never go on leave. God, you know what God did? Started sending from people from outside. To start bringing. In one month, two people had given me 10,000 Ghana cities. Just like, like ah, I'm looking for you, I'm looking for you. This over I should send this, I should bring this to you. I was so shocked. I was like, hey, God, you are too much. You are too much. You are too much. You see, it is where that I realize that looking to men is a mistake. Even if they love you or you love them, it's still a mistake. It's still a mistake. If you think somebody says, oh, I'm going to marry a man, I think he has money. <laughs> you will be shocked that it is catcher to get your heart. When you enter, it's actually, now we are together, how do we handle the matter? <laughs> Only mommy coming, we'll be singing it together. I know they work alone. He has told you, I know they work alone. We go work this thing together. Are we together? But when you are so winner, God says that I am with you forever. And when you he is with you forever, he begins to pay you. He begins to pay you. He that reaped received wages. That's 36. Wages. That those wages, I believe he's talking about earthly blessings. And then he said that not only does he receive earthly blessings, but he gathered fruits unto life eternal. So, 
This is the one that double over here. You receive earthly blessings and you also receive heavenly supply. You receive earthly blessings and also receive heavenly supply. Mark chapter 10 verse 28 to 31. A background of this story is that ah, a rich man came to Jesus and asked him, the Master, what must I do by, that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus knew that this man was a rich man. He said, go and obey all the laws of Moses. Ah, Master, that one, I have been doing it since the days of my youth. Of course, that was made him rich. But you follow the word of God, you become rich. People don't know that. But you follow the word of God. You should stop chasing money. Start chasing the word of God. Start chasing the will of God. Money will start chasing you. I'm telling you the truth. Almost every year, it seems as though God changes the, kind of the people he uses to bless you. Whether it's they who fell away or God changed them. But tell me some other things. There are changes. There are changes. Don't chase money. Chase God. What did I say? Please, what did I say? Please, what did I say? Chase God. How do you chase God? Be a soul winner because that is where God is. God is on the field. Though. God is on the field. A lot of times we think that God is in the church. But God is on the field. He's out there. He's out there. And he's asking, who will join me? Who will join me? So the rich man, Jesus said, okay, if you have done all that good job, now go and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. Now be a giver. The man said, I, uh, this one is too much. It's too much. About a one, he walked away sad. About Jesus loved him. And he said, how difficult it will be for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. How difficult it will be for the rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. The Bible says that the, the disciples, when they heard it, they were marveled and they were shocked. Because many people think that the disciples were poor people like that. They were not poor like that. They got, they got scared because, hey, they said, who can do it? Who can make it? Because they themselves, they were not that poor. And Jesus said, with men, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So Peter, the talkative one, now asks, Lo, verse 28, we have left everything and we have followed you. Somebody's asking that, Papa. The way you are preaching, it's as though I should stop some things and then start following Jesus and start winning souls. How will I survive? How will he get you some offerings to come and give? How will I survive? I have asked this question before. I've asked this question before. Like, Lord, I am the biggest financier of the, of the ministry that I have involved in. All the people that you have given me, some are in school, some are now struggling to get, a few are struggling to get work. Most of them are students. Some of them don't do anything at all. How am I going to survive and how am I going to ensure that the ministry goes on? Tell us, Lord, the Lord said, I'll go eat. I'll meet my audience. All of a sudden, God started raising people around who could also give what I was giving and even more. And even more. They were not there before, but all of a sudden, they started appearing. All of a sudden, they started appearing. That is why now we can do a program and we are saying we want to do this. And then somebody will come and give a check of 5,000 Ghana cities. Those days, it was not there. It was not there because God knows what he takes care of his own. So we have left everything to follow thee. What will we get in return? Listen to what Jesus said. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospel spreading the message of salvation. Who has left everything for the sake of this? He said, but he shall, verse 30, he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. So you see, whilst he's alive, he shall receive a hundredfold. So if it houses a hundredfold. If he has lost money, he has given money for the for the advancement of the gospel a hundredfold. Whatever honor he has lost, he says that in his life, now in his time, a hundredfold. Houses, look at that. Brethren, sisters, mothers, children, lands. I don't know why he didn't add wives. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. With persecutions. Because wives was in the first verse. Glory to Jesus Christ. Or oh, husbands. Amen and amen. He just tells you that there are certain principles. So if you go and watch some 
videos they say that oh you can have a, a bible does not speak about does not speak about uh you can have multiple wives it's, there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing wrong with it <laughs> come come and meet me <laughs> glory to jesus I'll, I'll, I'll teach you a few things he said give me the verse please he said mothers and children and lands with persecution and, and in the world to come so we saw the first one in this life you are going to receive abundance hundredfold but also when you are so winner and you are gospel spreader in the life to come he said eternal life eternal life eternal life is this not a wonder double is this not a double-edged sword when you are so winner look if you are a hard worker and you work for your company Yes, you may get some money. But only take care of you whilst you're on this earth. But whatever you get from your company, your boss does not have access to the banks of heaven. Your boss cannot give you eternal life. Your boss cannot give you eternal rewards. Your boss cannot... They tell you a lot of things. Listen. If what you are doing, you are doing for Jesus. If you are doing for Jesus, Jesus will reward you. Jesus will reward you. Jesus will reward you. Be a soul winner. That is all that matters. That is all that matters. That is all that matters. Today, Jesus is calling somebody. Will you be a soul winner? 